Today, the FBI raids Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. The Biden Justice Department gets sued for failing to declassify documents related to the Russia collusion hoax. And a Biden staffer tweets a meme with Nazi imagery. That's all coming up right now. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Hillary Kennedy. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am filling in for the very lovely Sarah Gonzalez, who is off this week. I'm excited to be here because we're going to have a killer show for you. And when I was filling in for Sarah in previous times, I got to know Mr. Yaku Bouyans. I'm so excited to be back with you. Good to see you. You, of course, are a Blaze TV contributor and the host of The Bottom Line. So good to have you at the table. And then for the first time, I am meeting Mr. John Doyle contributor here at Blaze TV and then also the host of Heck Off Commie. It's true. I'm sure you've heard nothing but wonderful things about me. I, that's all I've heard are wonderful things. <laughs> no, I've seen you. I've seen you with Elijah. I've seen a lot of clips that you've done and of course your show on YouTube. So I was okay. excited to meet you. Thank you. John. Two of the best. You're loved, brother. Thank you. I needed that to get through this overcast day in <laughs> Central <laughs> Texas. Uh, uh, we need rain, never mind overcast. Yeah, we do. But you're loved. Yeah, thank you. Well, speaking of storm clouds, Donald Trump has had one over his house recently because FBI agents, they took numerous boxes of documents from his home at Mar-a-Lago in Florida yesterday as part of a criminal investigation into allegedly mishandled classified national security information. So these agents were reportedly at the property all day long. They were dressed in plain clothes, leading staff to believe that they were U.S. Secret Service agents, which is why news of the search warrant didn't leak out. But Trump's Secret Service agents were notified about the raid only moments before it occurred. Former President Trump, he did have lawyers present during the raid. He was actually at his home in New York City when it happened. And they, these agents, they looked in all of his offices, even his personal safe on the property. They took numerous boxes full of documents that they're going to sort out at their South Florida FBI office. They were not being judicious about what they took, is what a source told Fox News. They're saying this raid happened after Trump reportedly delayed turning over approximately 15 boxes over to the National Archives until they became a serious legal risk to him. Some of the documents were reportedly marked top secret. They've opened this investigation back in May into Trump over whether classified material ended up at his home and if it was mishandled. The main purpose of these types of investigations is usually for federal authorities to determine if any of the classified material was compromised, and that way the intelligence officials can take steps to protect sensitive sources and that kind of thing. So, first I just want to get your response, because I know that you have been friends with the Trump camp and people there. So what are your thoughts on what happened yesterday? Yeah, look, I think we have to, it's a new day in America. Yesterday, as it happened, literally as it was happening, John, I said, and they just lost the election. They just helped fortify the Republican Party. They just helped do something that we couldn't do on our own, bring the GOP together. They just galvanized the base. Um, and they've literally turned Americans against them. Point number one. Number two, this has never happened. No U.S. president has ever been raided by the FBI. You would think that someone who served the nation in the capacity of a president would either get a notice to say, look, we think you have material, can you hand it over? You would subpoena it. You would ha have him and his team be able to bring documents if you thought there were such documents. But this is not, this is a witch hunt. It's a fishing expedition. 
And the problem with how the material was taken, a.k.a. very much like Rudy Giuliani's raid when they went through his offices, is this protocol with how you take this stuff, right? And so it's just, it's almost like a swoop. In, snatch and grab. Snatch, grab, go, and who knows what. Um, and I don't put it over an administration for something that wasn't in a box to find its way into a box. I don't know. I mm -hmm. mean, it's just, this is tricky. This is a very tricky situation. John, what do you think? Is it surprising that the left is still so terrified and concerned with President Trump? No, absolutely not, because the, the state of the left throughout history and philosophically is just simply a constant state of revolution. And the reason they hate Donald Trump isn't because he's a counter-revolutionary, but because of rather what he represents as a candidate, which is just like a normal American man. I mean, he's cut from this sort of cloth that we don't really see in the younger generations. And if you took his like platform and you applied it to the political standards of like the 1980s or 1990s, not only has he been saying the same thing for his entire career in public life, but normal people would have said the same things back then, and it's only now that things have become so revolutionary, and as a result, every metric by which you would measure the health and prosperity of the country has gone down, and so they hate Trump because he's just a normal guy. You know, they call him a, a far-right radical extremist, but Trump isn't exactly reading, you know, political literature. He's not exactly surrounding himself with these really far-right people. He just basically wants a border. He wants, you know, American dollars to be put towards American people, and that's like more or less the essence of his platform. He also doesn't speak down to people. He sounds like a normal guy. He sounds like if you hit shuffle on the American population and wound up with some random guy in Wisconsin, they could more or less have a conversation. He wouldn't talk down to him. He would talk like him. And that's why they hate Trump, because these people have contempt for the people over whom they govern. And Donald Trump is just the symbol of that. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people are yeah. wondering what he had to say about it. He did issue a statement on the raid. He said, these are dark times for our nation as my beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is currently under siege, raided and occupied by a large number of FBI agents. Like Yaku said, he said, nothing like this has ever happened to a president of the United States before. After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, the unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. Mm -hmm. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of our justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024, especially based on recent polls. Do you agree? I do. Look, and yes, those polls, and then of course there's polls within the party. I just think, I think it's a big overstep. There was a tweet and a meme that went out, you know, and Trump didn't do it, but it was his face, and he said, they're not coming from me, they're coming for you, I'm just standing in the way. Right? And that's really John's point, is, is we have to look at this and personalize it and say, well, we can say, well, if they could do this to a president, they could do it to you. They intend to. Mm -hmm. They intend to silence you into submission to whatever and drive you so far from normalcy, which is what, what is normal as, as an American, uh, for their agenda, and so we, we need to pay attention. If we didn't before, we so, need to know. John, do you think it's kind of telling that they are going after Trump, but they really haven't done this with DeSantis? Do you think that's sort of the left saying, like, we know who the front runner is going to be, and so we're really targeting this guy? Yeah, they, they would very much like to, along with the sort of class of neocons, make it such that DeSantis is elevated to be the front runner. I mean, you look at people who are supporting Ron DeSantis, who I love, by the way, but I would love mm -hmm. for him to stay in Florida and be an example for state governments to, to mirror that example rather than throw him into the D.C. swamp. Because even if you look at his voting record, I mean, he is isn't exactly as solid on the issues as a lot of people would like him to be, uh, even though he is good. But if you notice where his strongest points are, they are in opposition to the most radical things coming from the left. And so the question has to be, can a man who, by the way, his political career exists because of Donald Trump, be the guy to carry the torch if he's only willing to take a stand on only pushing back from the most radical things the left is doing? 
critical race theory, open borders, things like that. I don't know if he's necessarily capable of carrying the Trump torch, but that's what they would like to see. That's why he's being supported by people like Jeb Bush. That's why he's being supported by all the never Trump people, because the whole idea is, oh, well, he's more electable than Donald Trump. By whose metric? I mean, if you look at what Donald Trump did, he was able to bring out tens of millions of people who had never voted before or who had given up on the political process simply because they liked his rhetoric. So DeSantis might be more filtered, but he's not going to inspire the same loyalty that Donald Trump would, which is why they're trying to prop him up and get Donald Trump out of there by any means necessary. If they wanted DeSantis, they would target him too, but they don't, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, I don't really even think it makes a difference here, whether it's Trump or DeSantis. Uh, they've, they've galvanized the people, and, and I do think Ron DeSantis will do a phenomenal job. Of course, President Trump's track record show he, he does do a phenomenal job and would again. But, but this is an interesting thing here, Hillary. Um, you know, I, I've said this for a long time, and not that I say this is what I want, but if they, by some sort of a condition, disqualify the president, former president, to run again, Watch out now, that man outside the White House is way more dangerous to them than inside the White House. Mm. You imagine that man flying to foreign countries and brokering on behalf of America with an ally in the White House and they don't have him on any string. Congress can't silence him, you know, they can threaten him. So the, the problem is, you know, they've teed up January 6th to throw it at him day one. Mm -hmm. And that whole thing, everything we see January 6th is aimed at him. Of course, here they prove this, they aim it at him. So they have set their sights on him and say they're afraid of him, they're scared of him like you can't believe. But if it ends up being DeSantis, I still think we're in good shape. Um, but it's clear who they, who they would rather run against or who they would rather have Gavin Newsom run against. Right. <laughs> well, DeSantis did respond also on the, the raid on Mar-a-Lago. He tweeted, the raid of MAL is another escalation into the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents, while people like Hunter Biden get treated with kid gloves. Now the regime is getting another 87,000 IRS agents to wield against its adversaries. Banana Republic. And that's so true. I mean, Hunter Biden, have we ever seen anyone get treated more gently than that whole scenario? It's just disturbing. But on Fox News, there was a George Washington University law professor, Jonathan Turley, and he said he thinks um, Attorney General Merrick Garland almost certainly signed off on the FBI's raid. We've got a clip. Take a listen. Jonathan Turley is a law professor. He joins us to break down the legal implications. Jonathan, I'm really happy to have you on the program. Um, how high did this have to be approved? I think that Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland almost certainly signed off on this. It's hard to imagine a decision of this magnitude would be made without his knowledge and approval. Uh, he hasn't recused himself, and so that assumption, I think, is well-founded. Uh, I mean, the news accounts indicate that this is not about January 6th, but about the Presidential Records Act. And the National Archivist under that act can ask the Attorney General to intervene when someone is not complying, including a former president, by turning over material. We know the material was taken previously two months ago. Now, putting all of that together, we're still speculating as to what the federal judge signed off here. 
So do you think there's going to be any accountability for Merrick Garland or some of the other people that could have signed off on this at any point? I don't think in the short run, but I think in the long term there will be accountability. And I think that's what these people are terrified of. Mm -hmm. You know, we see the escalation with the January 6th show trials or even the raid on Mar-a-Lago. And we think, oh, my gosh, it's over. They're consolidating mm -hmm. power. They've consolidated power decades ago. What they're doing right now is preparing for what they see around every corner, which is the, you know, ultra MAGA, far right authoritarianism that they know is coming. And it's kind of like that. IQ bell curve meme that goes around where it's like the low IQ and the high IQ actually agree when they call everything that is in opposition to like you know authentic conservatism fascism the low IQ people probably do that because they think it's like true or maybe they don't understand history the high IQ leftist if that maybe exists, actually understand that that's true because there really is no definition of fascism or far right or whatever that really can transcend just simply opposition to communism, which I think really says a lot about what they're actually trying to do. So it really is properly understood the sort of like far right authoritarianism, just an immune response, you know, mm -hmm. just all of us agreeing like, look, we can agree on an ideal form of government later, but for now, we need radical solutions to deal with these people because other than that, I mean, they're just going to continue to destroy our country. Yeah, look, the pendulum always swings. The, the problem and being from a country like South Africa is typically, you know, when you have an extreme situation and the pendulum swings, it swings to the extreme. And that's not good for a country. You want balance. Somewhere you want to end up in the middle. That doesn't mean we agree with them, but, but society needs balance. Mm -hmm. Our society is out of balance. I would argue it's lost its identity in Christ. It, it's lost its rudder. And so you need balance, but the overcorrection by the, because there's a demand for overcorrect, and that's going to happen. The first four years, whether DeSantis or Trump, Trump DeSantis, doesn't matter, you're gonna have to undo a lot of damage. And at this moment, they just like rack up as much, much damage as possible that'll make their life impossible. But remember, we have to look at nefarious characters. Why is it that Bruce Reinhardt is the judge that signed off on this? The same guy who worked for Jeffrey Epstein. So in my world, I go, well, there's a bad guy. And, and why does it happen to be him to sign off on this going after Trump with Merrick Garland? So I think Garland's going to pass the buck. I think he'll be silent. He'll say, look, a federal judge signed off on this. It just happens to be a federal judge that hung out with one of the biggest pedophiles in American history and covered for that guy also. So it's just always, you can't get away from, they run in a pack. Right. They, they, you just look around a corner and it's like a rat pack and they're just together. So I wasn't surprised when I saw, oh, okay, it's Bruce Reinhardt. Yeah, of course he would sign off on something like that. Right, so I don't think feather. Garland sees anything now. But then again, will he? Because look, there's Fauci to go after. There's so many things to undo for the next president, you know. Uh, so yeah. I don't know if he sees repercussions. No, you're right. They, they do all kind of run in a pack, and that includes uh, the Clintons. And a lawyer linked to them is someone we're going to talk about next. So we're going to break, but stick around and come back. So there is a Clinton-linked lawyer who says Trump could be barred from re-election after these FBI raids. So Mark Elias, he's a top lawyer for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. He was the one that said this. He said he could be disqualified from making another run at the White House because of this raid. He's quoting U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2071, if you want to go look it up, um, highlighting that even though Trump is dropping these hints that he might run again, he said the media is missing the really, really big reason why the raid is a potential blockbuster in American politics. He's saying 
that this section said, whoever having the custody of any such record, proceeding, map, book, document, paper, or other thing willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. He did follow that up with that there may be some legal challenges to this. He says... I recognize the legal challenge that application of this law to a president would garner since qualifications are set in the Constitution, but the idea that a candidate would have to litigate this during a campaign is, in my view, a blockbuster in American politics. So the Presidential Records Act of 1978, it requires presidential administrations to preserve certain documents. And so the agencies called on the Department of Justice to probe whether a former President Trump violated federal law in his handling of the records. This seems like a stretch to me, but I find it so interesting that the FBI has now raided Trump, Project Veritas, when they were looking for Ashley Biden's diary. Why were there no raids at Hillary Clinton's home over the Russia hoax or all those emails that she deleted? Why didn't that take place? Yeah, well, let's just ask a question. Did Barack Obama keep documents from the White House? Did George Bush? Did Bush Sr.? Did Clinton? Did Clinton, you know, keep a couple things about, you know, who knows what? When did you see this ever happen? Where, where's, where's that code of honor? It, it doesn't happen and it has never happened because it's never been used as a weapon. It's a fishing expedition. They are literally going through. I wouldn't be surprised if this lawyer was, was part of the plan because that's how it works. I, I get a call from you know, a newspaper and say, listen, we got this story. Will you write the op-ed for it? And will you weigh in on the topic? And then it goes to news the next day. This is how this works. So I look, this is, this, let's just call it what it is. By any means necessary, as John said, they want to prevent this guy from running for president again. And, and, they, will, and they are throwing Hail Marys. And that's all you're going to see mm -hmm. from here until the end of 2024 is Hail Marys. Because they've got nothing else. Yeah, I think that uh, conservatives are going to be baited into taking our favorite angle with all these types of stories, which is to simply call out the hypocrisy of it. And it's not hypocrisy, it's hierarchy. Like, it's only hypocrisy if you assume the purpose of these institutions, namely the FBI, is to actually solve crimes. It's not. It is to target the political enemies of the regime, which is exactly what they're doing. And so we can scratch our heads like, well, why aren't they going after, you know, Hillary and Biden and all these other people? I've seen this all over Twitter. And it's just like, well, obviously because they're a part of the club. And I'm not a big George Carlin fan, but he was right when he says there is a club and you're not in it. And we, the American people, Donald Trump, he's not in that club, which frankly, I would probably imagine that's probably why he ran in the first place, because he's always but like personally spiteful because he was never really in the club. But, you know, he's still doing a great job. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. And, you know, any sort of problem you have, whether it's, you know, a dog makes a mess in your apartment, which I just got a puppy, so I relate to uh, quite severely, or even like cancer. What is the solution to things like that? Chemotherapy is an ugly process, but in many cases it is necessary. Radical problems require radical solutions. And so we might be like, are you sure you really want to purge the FBI of people who are disloyal to the president and use it to target political opposition? You can call it political opposition, but I mean, if my political opposition happens to be pedophiles and corrupt treasonous people, then like, sure, I'd rather call them that, but call them whatever you want, but they still need to be in jail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Lara Trump went on Fox News to talk about, hey, if, if they did this to us, they could do it to you. And we've got the clip. Take a listen. 
This is a very clear demarcation in the history of America. Uh, never before, as many of your guests have already talked about, Will, have we seen something like this happen, where an unannounced raid by the FBI is conducted on a former president of the United States. Think about this. If this is what they're able to do to the former president of the United States, think about what they could do to you, to anybody in America. The, the bottom line here is that these uh, documents that have been in question have been, everybody's been cooperating. Everybody from my father-in-law's team has been cooperating with the FBI, with any authority that asked for anything up until now. And there was no need to make such a big scene to do something this insane, quite frankly, um, to a former president. That was, that was my point. It's not, it's, look, in, in, in a logical world, where you're operating rationally, even with your enemies, because there's still rules to war. Because if not, hey, let's go to town. Mm -hmm. There's 400 million guns in America. If the, if the good gun owners were really a problem, you would know it. And let's the whole world just go to hell in a handbasket and there's no rules of war, fire upon hospitals, nuke the whole place, and then everybody dies. So there's still rules of engagement. And there's just certain rules that this group of people do not care about. And look, I just did a show today where now in Texas, just to give you an example, a committee just voted this Monday to remove In God We Trust from schools and teaching In God We Trust in Texas schools. So we have to understand we have departed from truth and morality and, and anything logical of just being reasonable. And they will throw the kitchen sink at this thing. They will sacrifice their own for their political gain. To John's point, they will weaponize anything they can weaponize. Well, and I do think that no one's safe, right? I mean, if, if they will do it to him, it, there's a trickle-down effect. And so once they have the leeway to do that, mm -hmm. they can come to your home, they can raid your home, they can, you know, for, for reasons far less than this. Yeah, and that's a really good point he just made, too, which calls back to another thing he said earlier about the crisis of faith we have in this country. Like, oftentimes, there are institutions which claim to be right wing, which have been financed by people who have made a lot of money off like total free trade and open borders and free markets and things like that, who have convinced us that the struggle against communism was a struggle of simple disagreement on economics. And they just they couldn't quite get it right. But we know better. And there's a reason that we minted in God we trust on the currency, I think, in 1953. It was because we understood it back then to be a crisis of faith, which is that you had the Soviets, who were these godless communists, who were waging a spiritual crisis against the West, which was a Christian nation. That's why they starved people to death and genocided people. It wasn't like, oh, they just couldn't figure out how to make enough bread. It was like, we want to starve them to death because we have contempt for them. And the same thing is now happening in our country, which is why piece by piece is chipping away from the Christian foundation. Yep. Well, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I do want to talk about really quickly, the Biden administration is sued. It's being sued for not releasing documents declassified by Trump on a Russian collusion investigation. This is interesting. Judicial Watch, they're suing the DOJ to obtain these records as well as communications between DOJ officials and government employees on the declassification of these records. The lawsuit, it was just filed on August 1st. It comes after this conservative watchdog submitted a FOIA request. They're saying the Obama-Biden administration and deep states spying on Trump and his associates is the worst government corruption scandal in American history. That's what their president, the president of Judicial Watch said. And to make matters worse, the Biden DOJ simply refuses to release smoking gun documents about this corruption that the American people have the absolute right to see. And Trump issued a memo um, in, in January of 2021 declassifying those materials. So what are your thoughts on this very quickly? Not surprising. Anyone? Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, look, and again, look what you just read. The second sentence you read was suit. Mm-hmm. Suit to obtain. That's the legal process. Not bust through the doors with guns hot, right. guns blazing by some judge who, who, who hangs with pedophiles that signed, you know, you know, the request. There's a process. They could have, if they wanted to, sue the president and say, hey, we think that you haven't handed it all over and go through the process. So it uh, just furthers make, make, makes the point, right? Mm-hmm. So um, they, they're setting new standard. Uh, movies will be made about this. You'll see in the future. Gosh, it feels like we're in one sometimes, doesn't yeah. it? Unfortunately. All right. So when we come back, we're going to lighten things up a little bit with another Biden gaffe. Can you believe it? Another one. So stick around. We'll have that when we return. I didn't see this. Is this the jacket? This is him talking about. The weather is a mystical thing, and you may have thought God controls the weather, but no, no. Joe Biden has a correction for us. Let's take a listen. They're not just Kentuckys, they're Americans. They're Americans. This happened in America. American problem. And we're all Americans. Everybody has an obligation to help. We have the capacity to do this. It's not like it's beyond our control. The weather may be beyond our control for now, but it's not beyond our control. Mm-hmm. So it's not in our control, but it is in our control. So, so that was just one. I have another one for you. Uh, he was talking to the same group about the uh, Inflation Corruption Act. Let's take a listen. Like a billion, $200 million infrastructure project. Like what we're doing today, what we passed yesterday, helping take care of everything from health care to God knows what else. So was it just me or did he seem to admit that he has absolutely no idea what's in a $700 billion reduction act? No, he doesn't know what's in it. Half his Congress didn't read it. They don't know. It's just, it's, it's on point, so they go. They're like, like sheep. They just go. They'll go off a cliff like the swine when the demons mm-hmm. were driven into them by Jesus. I mean, th- this, is, this is what it is. But he's, he's comment. This is not a lighthearted comment. They are told that they are demigods, they are deified, they can control the weather. This is what they believe. I mean, look, I say this, I'm convinced that evil has to announce itself. And they're just telling you what they really believe. We don't know what's in the bill. We passed $700 billion, it's monopoly. And um, we can control the weather. We're gonna convince you of that. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah, it's so funny too. There was a novel, I forgot which one, but the strategy of the antagonist was literally to announce his evil plans yeah. because he knew that they were so crazy that no one would even believe them. And it's like if you read the, the publications from these organizations, they very clearly outline like what their plans are. Yeah. And then when people like us maybe bring these up to maybe more normal or, or less engaged people, they'll be like, well, they won't actually do that. That's crazy. It's like, it's publicly available information. They're literally mm-hmm. talking about it. And if I wanted to put my tinfoil hat on, maybe we could talk about some of these Bill Gates weather machines that I've heard about. Pretty crazy stuff. Maybe he was briefed on that when he was in a more less, or I should say a less senile state of mind, and now he's just out there just pontificating with, with all sorts of different information. So No, I think you're right. I think they are really saying the quiet parts out loud. Mm-hmm. And some of us are paying attention, which is great, but a lot of people, I think, like, oh, this is ridiculous. This would never happen, or they're not trying to control the weather. 
They're at least yeah. controlling people's perceptions of the weather. I saw mm -hmm. a map that was like the average summer temperature in, uh, I think, the, the United Kingdom in like the 1990s, and it was, you know, the numbers. And then it was the map from this summer, and it was the same numbers, but instead of just like Earth and sun icons, it was like scorching red icons, making people think, oh my gosh, global warming, it's so right. hot it's out. It's getting so much worse, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so we also have a, a clip I want you to listen to. The 87,000 new IRS agents, you know, a lot of people have been talking about that this week, and, you know, so many people want to do away with the IRS, and then here they're trying to add thousands and thousands more. So listen to this clip with uh, Democratic Senator Ben Cardin. Do you understand how 87,000 new IRS agents would scare the heck out of millions of Americans? Well, millions of Americans aren't going to be impacted by that other than getting better service from the IRS, having their telephone answered, getting the questions they need in order to comply with our tax laws. The auditing is going to be focused on those of high income, the large corporations, etc. So uh, I, there's no reason to be fearful. And if you have paid your taxes and if you comply with our laws, you should want to make sure everyone else does that. So this is one of those little Easter eggs that was sort of hidden within that bill that <laughs> President Biden doesn't seem to know anything about. I guess that's the God knows what else that he was talking about. But so do you think the IRS is going to be weaponized against the American people and more specifically conservatives as we as time moves on? He just told you exactly what they're going to do. They're only going to weaponize the IRS against high income conservatives but also the high-income conservatives that drive a lot of the political narrative, that fund a lot of the political campaigns. It's a silencing mechanism. Look, in an hour when people need more food on their table, could we logically just say, any sane person would say, listen, more food on the table, lower gas prices, the best solution right now is to hire IRS agents. What will that cost? 80 billion. It's a good idea. That's a great idea. No, it's a mechanism. It's another cog in the wheel. Do you know that they are now going after all the top lawyers in the country? I know at least 15 of them who had nothing to do with Trump per se, didn't work in the Trump administration like Jenna you know, or anybody else. They're going subpoenaing these guys. They're silencing them because they know there is a legal war coming. And they have to win in court. This is why they control the judges, why Soros is funding legislators and prosecutors. So, no, this, they are going to weaponize the IRS. And whenever the FBI or the government tells you you're safe, run for the hills. And there's nothing to fear. Fear all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they say it's going to go after high-income Americans, but that's practically going to be defined as people making between like $100,000 and $500,000 yes. a year or something like that, which are small business owners, yes. which, you know, you've got these very class-insecure people who have racked up tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt from pursuing a degree that now makes them like $50,000 a year. And they look at the guy who went into like skilled trades and is now comfortably making $300,000, $400,000 a year, and they have contempt for this guy because he's stupid. What does he know? I can outline like the history of gender theory, and this guy just knows how to fix a sink. I really deserve the money, and so I'm mad at him. And so they literally are okay with having the IRS target these people because they take for granted how food gets put on the table. I mean, these people are, you know, the Uber Eats class, right? They don't really know how to cook for themselves. They don't know what it takes to run a business, what it takes to bring goods to different areas. And when all that starts to crack down, then they'll really begin to understand it, I think. But in the meantime, uh, they're going to be more than happy to have this, you know, 87,000 group of IRS agents target their fellow Americans for having the wrong opinions. John, but there's other things in there. There's, there's gender theory stuff in there, money for companies of sex ed. There's money for crazy things in there. But just think about it. There's no definition, to your point. There's no definition, okay, well, what's high income? They will define it whatever they want it to be. Heck, they could consider it to be $60,000 a year. They could do whatever they want to do. But they're going after America's middle class. Because in order to have a socialist 
structure like Canada, you have to destroy the middle class. Mm -hmm. If it's a middle class that small business owners, that's a free class. They fight and they got to eliminate them. So just weaponize the IRS against them while you're, you know, converting to a digital currency, getting rid of the U.S. dollar. And this whole bill, by the way, increases inflation. At a time when inflation is at its highest. Absolutely. I think when you really look at the numbers and you see there's absolutely no way this is ever going to reduce inflation over time, which makes me wonder, do you think that this will help Republicans in the midterms now that people are hearing? I mean, 87,000 IRS agents, when we have people begging, please get more agents at the border or please have more agents looking right. to seize fentanyl and you know all the illegal drugs that are coming into our country. We could have so many other agents working on things that are pressing issues and instead they're hiring more people to work for the IRS. So do you think that, that this will wake people up come election time? I, I would hope so. I would guess so because once these effects become more immediate to people, I think that they will be more compelled to turn out uh, and vote. But it just goes to show, you know, there's this like little philosophical principle. It's like never attribute to malice what can be adequately explained by incompetence. And it's like, shut up. If, if they were incompetent, they would apologize and be like, oh, yeah. we really messed no, that up, didn't this, we? This is they not incompetence. Do. It's entirely purposeful. Yeah, this is not incompetence. And they have intelligence. There is intellect. It's misaligned intellect towards the side of evil versus good. This is very well thought out. I would argue we are way behind the eight ball as a GOP for being as structured mm -hmm. and as methodical and as planned and united as they are. I saw this document, the blue campaign in Texas, on how they want Beto Rock to get elected. And I'm telling you, that campaign is well thought out. And we better shape up real quick and start getting a grassroots plan together within the Republican Party of how we're actually going to bring equilibrium back to this country because they are, they sing like canaries. One song, but it's an evil one. Right. They are good at uniting, that's for sure. Well, <laughs> you mentioned incompetence. There was a White House staffer that may have done something that fits in that category, and we're going to tell you what that was when we come back from break. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson-Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org chosen. We're going to call this our idiotic decisions segment because we've got two really bad decisions that were made <laughs> by people in the administration. First, President Joe Biden's staffer tweeted a meme on Sunday of a superimposed picture of the president standing in front of what resembles the Reichsadler eagle symbol that was used by Germany's Nazi party. Good grief. Andrew Bates, he's the deputy press secretary for the White House. He tweeted this meme. It, it altered the movie poster of Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises. And it says, The Dark Brandon Rises. Okay. And then it just says, The Malarkey Will End. That's the tagline. 
And then there was another tweet. Uh, it's a separate Biden meme that says your malarkey has been going on for long enough, kiddo. So they're trying to make look. They left the has never thing. been able to meme. <laughs> Friend of mine, John Wallace, is one of the best memers in the country. Would laugh at this, but again, I look at that and go, no, they're being truthful. Dark Brandon is rising. Obama and Rice, who runs the White House, is putting him out there. No, they're just being, you know, they're being truthful again. Uh, yeah, they are from the place of darkness. It seems like they think most things through, like they're very strategic about most things they do, but they, no one seemed to pick up that there is a Nazi symbol in the background. Mm -hmm. Well, of course not. I and mean, that's what's so funny is like the most baseline, like tip of the iceberg knowledge of Nazi Germany, which is the, like one of two historical events that like the average American knows about, the other two being like the civil rights movement. You just have to like be able to recognize the imagery. You don't even have to get into more a refined understanding of it. Just recognize the imagery. And they mm -hmm. can't even do that despite being the people that throw that term around like, like it's some sort of, I don't know, the or a, like they use that word that commonly. But I am very offended by this meme because this, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar, this was literally just copy paste from the dark MAGA meme that came out, mm -hmm. which was from all these right-wing people posting pictures of Trump looking really angry, punished Trump, saying this guy's learned his lesson, he's going to come in, he's going to mobilize the military and the DOJ against his political opposition, he's going to make America uh, great again by any means necessary. And they took that, which worked for Trump because he is cool. He's a billionaire playboy celebrity, I mean, lives in a golden skyscraper. This guy's cool. <laughs> and they're trying to apply this to Joe Biden, who's a senile old man, like, oh look, he wears aviators, oh look, he eats ice cream. This guy's not cool. They're trying so hard, and it's just not landing because you're never going to sell this you know, senile old man who can't even remember what his wife looks like to American people as something that is cool. It is really tough. Well, I, I thought this was a great point. Tim Murtaugh, who is the former communications director for President Trump, he compared this tweet with previous hits on Trump that accused him of using neo-Nazi symbolism. Mm -hmm. He faced a whole week of stories and fact checks about a T-shirt with an eagle on it. So he was like, let's see if the Biden administration faces the same treatment. And of course, no, see, I, I, I'm, I'm at a place now where I go, that's no mistake. That eagle was placed there on purpose. It's to rub it in your face to say, we can do things you can't. We can say things you can't. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm with John. Underinformed, get informed and wake up, not get woke, but wake up and really see things as they are. All right, so on that note, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi says something that also falls under our uh, idiotic decisions today. Let's listen to that. We still support the one China policy. We go there to acknowledge the status quo is what our policy is. There was nothing disruptive about that. It was only about saying China is one of the freest societies in the world. Don't but, take it from me. That's from Freedom House. Let's it's talk a, strong a little bit. democracy, yeah. courageous people. And, and it's it just, I don't know why it is, uh, except there's some commercial interest who would like to diminish uh, the relationship. So one of the freest, she says, China's one of the freest. I think the Uyghur Muslims might have something to say about that. Uh, let me tell you something. There is a revolution coming in China. I just had someone who's a very influential businessman from China in my office last week, and there's a revolution coming. The people are rising up against the CCP. They're not free. Can I tell you that they bubble wrap these people for not taking a vaccine shot? That they saran wrap them and throw them in vans, knock them unconscious? No, they're not free. This woman is out of her mind. Okay, and yes, they do support the one China policy. They do support the CCP because Biden answers to the CCP. 
And he answers to all these nefarious characters. And we, the American people, do not support that. That's not freedom. If that's what they classify as freedom in America, that's the freedom they want to give you, <laughs> watch out. Well, and you know, Nancy has her hands in lots of cookie jars. She and her husband, do you think that she's for China and really saying that they're one of the freest nations in the world because she's got some financial interests there? I'm sure that's part of it. Ultimately, though, I think that like the, the policy of the regime is fundamentally anti-China in a lot of ways. I think the more interesting part about what she said is the equation. Her saying that like they are a free and democratic society, the same way that she'll say the same thing about our country. And it just goes to show the comparison between how they view all of the corruption and all of the tyranny in this country as freedom and as democracy, our democracy and our values. The same way everything that goes on in China is just freedom and democracy. It's like democracy is defined by what in mm -hmm. practice basically means suppression of the political opposition like the ratchet really only takes one way mm -hmm. look she's got three months left in that office she's got three months left she's gonna do anything she can she's got to preserve some political capital and will she's thinking ahead what's next a little bit of insider trading here for hubby a little bit of something else over there she's got three months left and and then she's walking the nameplate is changing on right. the door I think there's a lot of people just counting down the days. <laughs> well, really quick, I want to go back to the meme just before we go to break because they are doing anything and everything they can to try and make Biden more popular with younger voters. It seems like they're really trying to convince people like he's going to run again. We all want him to run. Again. We know nobody wants him to run again. Why do they think that this is going to be effective? It just seems like a total waste of time to focus on trying to, to claim this younger voting base with these memes and these ridiculous things. Nobody really wants him to run again. I, I think it's frankly because they don't have a better candidate. As bad as Joe Biden is, they literally do not have a better candidate because even in his very senile state, he's retained a little bit of that Biden charisma. You know, he still can make people smile. He still does kind of talk smoothly, even in the state that he's in. And I made uh, this point on a previous show that char uh, charisma is so important mm -hmm. for running a candidate. And I saw people in the comments, uh, probably baby boomers, frankly, and they were like, imagine voting for somebody just because of charisma. These are the people who still idolize Ronald Reagan. No fault divorce Ronald Reagan, uh, assault weapons ban Ronald Reagan, you know, and so charisma is so important. And if not Biden, then who? Kamala? Uh, Pete mm. Buttigieg? No, 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 Booker? no, no. They, no, they are absolutely, they are, they are, unless he, and look, he can screw up, they're going to run Gavin Newsom, but at, they are going to run Newsom. They got nobody else. Th this guy cannot run again. Okay. He wouldn't be able to walk by that time. Okay. So, but he's still the face of the party right now. And this is about making the party cool. And it's not just about him. It's about, hey, we are the cool kids on the block. Hey, we can compete with the younger crowd in Congress. You know, the, the Lauren Boberts and the, the, that crowd coming mm -hmm. through that is vibrant and has energy, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but I'm, I'm just, I said it early and then it came out. Watch, smooth character, talk smooth, looks the part, Malibu Beach Boy. Gavin Newsom's their guy, unless he does more egregious things to children. Well, I think you're right, the charisma thing, because I have several friends that live in Los Angeles that love Gavin Newsom. Mm -hmm. It is the most shocking thing to me, because I'm like, are you seeing all the same things that I'm seeing? But he's very beloved there, because yeah. he's very charismatic, and they go to his events, and he you know, does a lot of shaking hands and kissing babies, and a lot of people really love him, and I guess Salt it and is pepper that- Salt and pepper hair, he looks the Hollywood part. Right. He looks like a young Richard Gere. I mean, this is, this is, this is, he's right. Yeah. They vote what they see, and look, Barack Obama was smooth. Yes. Maybe yeah. the smoothest talker ever. 
I mean, he was he is skilled in that, mm -hmm. right? And you can do a lot with that in politics in America. You can. We have to be really careful too because we see the lack of support for Biden amongst everybody but amongst young people and we sort of go, aha! And then you read who they would rather have in charge and it's somebody who's more radically left yes. because they vote purely off of their emotions and That's how right. they feel. And so if the country is in the in the dumpster, it's just because they weren't doing it properly. It can't be that the ideas are wrong, just that, well, Brandon's not doing it properly so we need an AOC, we need a Gavin Newsom, somebody who's even more far mm -hmm. left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when we come back, if you've ever said Mount Rushmore, you're going to have to rethink that phrase. Stick around. This is Deja ESPN analyst Jalen Rose, he wants us to know something. Take a listen. We retire using Mount Rushmore. That should be offensive to all of us especially Native Americans, the indigenous people, who were the first people here before Christopher Columbus. That land was stolen from them when it was discovered that it contained gold. And 25 years later, to add insult to injury, four American presidents were put on what we call Mount Rushmore on the top of the dead bodies. All right, John Doyle, your thoughts on this? Should we all stop saying Mount Rushmore now? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that any Indian who claims to be feeling like this is offensive to their culture is, for all intents and purposes, assimilated into the predominant white culture of, like, everybody's a victim and we have to be so sorry for them. The Indian culture is a very honorable and very, like, militant culture. You know, they, they lose with grace, and they did lose, and we conquered them, but they gave us a hell of a fight. And they thought these symbols were, like, very good sort of representations of that warrior spirit, and that is more offensive to them than any sort of depiction that we see. Agreed, we're keeping it. Mount Rushmore's going nowhere. Thanks for watching today. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.